Air is the element of vibration, sound, communication and connection. Our words and thoughts are constantly creating waves of vibration that travel through intricate web of life, setting off change and manifestation as they go. Air is circulating energy, what thoughts and words we send out return to us, becoming our beliefs and the philosophy that we live by. This influences what we manifest for ourselves. If we believe in a positive outcome, then we are already united with it, removing the separation caused by doubt. We hold the keys in our own future by the beliefs we set in motion. It can be gentle and benign, or chaotic and destructive. It is the realm of the winged and the flying creatures, the skies, the clouds and the earth's atmosphere. Air can be electric or stagnant. It can hold a blueprint of energy and we can read its subtle changes. We can sense when the air is charged positively or negatively, whether it's bright and clear or murky and stuck. Our words, thoughts and beliefs, emotions and responses create subtle changes in the vibrational atmosphere around us creating change in so many unseen ways, connecting, reforming and continuing on to create new possibilities and inspiration for our futures. This episode is all about the elemental of air. This is our third elemental episode and in it we talk about exactly what to do with air, how to use it in our practice mindfully with our children. In this episode there's a lot of talk about tarot cards and the sword suit and we have a few little shout outs along the way and then we end as usual with a little spell from Cummins's book of the elements and one of my poems written especially for this episode Jodie talks about intense incense sharp knives athames and a lot of laughs along the way so welcome back pull up a chair put your feet up relax with us and here we go into the episode of air hello everyone and welcome to another episode of the bell witch podcast by two modern day witches who help you to incorporate witchcraft into your day-to-day life and how's your week or two weeks now it's been hasn't it been ages done it i mean because we had half term and i was just so busy for half term so busy i know i took the kids down to Wales for the Hay Festival on Hay and Wayne, which is like South Wales on the border. And it was an epic journey. <laughs> My God, I took the bell tent though. It's nice to have the bell tent out of the kids. Um, we didn't really see much of Hay Festival because you had to buy everything separate. But yeah, the town was nice because it was a book town. I got some witchy books, so that's good. What books did you get? What, which ones can you recommend or do you think everyone should get? What, from Hair Festival? From the ones that you got, yeah. Um, I will have, I haven't actually looked at them yet. <laughs> I got one, I got a, a runes one by Sarja, is it? And I got one about tarot from a woman's perspective. Ooh. I think it's quite an old one, that one. And I got some pagan poetry books. Oh, lovely. Uh, but it's that kind of like you get home and you've got to get everything away and I'm still catching up on myself doing all that. I actually was messaging... Um... If anyone's ever been to Spooks in Haworth, the sort of tarot and witchcraft shop in Haworth, I'm friends online with, and you know, I've met them in person a couple of times, the, the ladies that work there, and one of them recommended a book earlier on to me that's about feminist tarot readings. It was just all called right. the New Feminist Tarot. 
by Jean or Jean Freer. £2.62 on eBay. I might have to get it. Absolutely, uh, get it. Absolutely. I, I love yeah. Spooks. Spooks is so historical, isn't it? It's it is, been yeah. Been there a long time. And I remember my mum taking me when I was like a really little kid <laughs> and spending yeah, all yeah. of the gyro money in Spooks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's easily crazy. done. Easily done. And the, the people who work there are all so, so, so knowledgeable. Like they really are sort of experts on tarot who read in like numerous different systems and can give like can give really really solid guidance on which decks to buy which books to read they're really really amazing some of them have like 40 years experience reading which i think is just incredible and haworth in general is a really really good little witchy day out they actually have this um i keep getting adverts for this thing called haunted haworth (laughs) that sounds really good because apparently like haworth has quite a good ghost hunting scene Yeah. Oh yeah! Oh, the Bronte stuff in it, like the Bronte house is there. So it's a very poetic town. I've not been for years, though. I can't remember the last time I went. Have you been recently? We go quite regularly. Um, I'd say we go. I mean, I say quite regularly. We we maybe go two or three times a year. It's it's just a nice place to be, isn't it? And it's it's so close as well. I just yeah. remember walking up the cobblestone hill when I was oh, really yeah, unfit. It's too much, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I have asthma, which links in with our theme for this episode, which of course is air. <laughs> um, it's horrible not being able to breathe. Absolutely horrible. Yeah. What else has been going on with you? Uh, well, it's, bit, it's a bit of a tricky month for me, because June is when I lost my mum. Oh, that was 18 years ago now. So I got a bit sad and I booked myself on this Zen night with the local crystal shop called Crystal Booth, is it? Yeah, and yeah. it was strange because it's like it's just up the road from me, but it's on a Thursday night, so I can't usually go because take my kids swimming. But because it was half term, swimming wasn't on. I went up not knowing what to expect, and it was such a lovely environment. And the, the lady who runs it, what Angela, Angela, Angela yeah, yeah, she's incredible. She was just so welcoming, and she could feel I was a bit sad, and she gave me a crystal to help. And we, it was really interesting because the meditation was all about air. I was just like, ah, how weird is that, you know, about breathing yeah. and feeling the air and flying with the birds and, and all that. So I was a bit like, ooh, that's uncanny. And then afterwards, yeah. she came and sat with me and gave me some uh, Reiki healing, which was just so unexpected. Oh, and I really, amazing. yeah, I needed it. And then I remember I had pain in my lower back and that just went. And yeah. that night I slept like an absolute log. Did um, she tell you about her healing journey? No, she didn't, no. So the Crystal Booth, for anybody that wants to follow them, they are the Crystal Booth underscore 22 on Instagram. And Angela, um, she's just really, really down to earth, proper working class lass who's had had a, had a struggles in life. Um, one of the main ones being that she really suddenly lost her mum. So I guess maybe you guys are kind of linked in that way for her. It was very sudden, very unexpected, I, I think. Or um, I don't know if it was like, completely out of the blue or if she was just ill for a really short intense period of time but I know it was quite quick I think her life kind of took a bit of a spiral afterward and she began training as a hypnotherapist and Reiki practitioner mainly for her own healing journey and she's been able to go out and heal all these other people and the thing that I love about her is you know she's common as muck and I think sometimes people feel like when you're at your lowest you don't always want to seek out healing because you think, oh, I don't want to go in that beautiful crystal shop and take my negative energy in there. Angela is the kind of person who who is 
you know, surrounded by by people who who have had the fair share of difficulties, and you know, who who she's she's really an absolute inspiration. Somebody who's like you know taken all the struggles and made her dream life out of it. Oh, bless her! She was lovely. I think I could tell she knew my pain. So yeah. when the reiki came, you know, it made her a little bit upset as well because she could feel it. So it was a nice nice to meet her. <laughs> Can I plug the event that I'm doing with Angela throughout the year? Um, she's running these amazing retreats called Revive Your Zen and they take place in Scarborough at this absolutely beautiful, beautiful house that someone's just really kindly letting, letting her use to host these retreats. And there's absolutely all sorts there. There's like Reiki, healing, sound baths, cacao ceremonies, and I'm going to be doing um, tarot workshops and readings at the events. And there's quite a few throughout the year, but they just look absolutely incredible so if you want to take yourself off and have a bit of a spiritual break oh my god I just imagine like in Fleabag you know when she goes on the um, spiritual <laughs> retreat and she's like screaming and yelling there's no guys next door who are also having a spiritual retreat aren't they yeah <laughs> she ends yeah. up going to theirs <laughs> yeah. so good yeah, I think it's nice when you're with people that are really, really down to earth. They've got um, the most incredible chef there, a guy called Invigorate. I don't know if you guys have heard of him. He's he's a local vegan chef and he cooks like all raw, vegan, plant-based, really, really nourishing, high vibration foods. And he's going to be catering for the whole weekend. It's just going to be incredible. I mean, a smoothie bowl and some tarot readings <laughs> and sound baths and yeah. Are you working it, are you? I am, yeah. 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 I'm yeah. very, very lucky that I um met Angela at the time that I did, right, as she was beginning to plan it. That is and, pretty um, cool. Yeah, so I'll be doing um experiential meditations. I'm actually happy to write it up at some point and do it on here so that people can experience it firsthand. But it will essentially be journeying into a tarot card. Nice. And when is that? There's a few. Um oh, throughout the year. Yeah, there's a few throughout the year, so they run in... There's one in June, but I actually can't make that one um, specifically. And then there's one in September. It's the one in October as well. Over oh, when? No, there's, there's one in September. I can't remember when the last one is. I'm sure there's three throughout the year. There might, be, there might just be two, though. As long as we can camp this year, we're going to camp, aren't we? Yeah, absolutely. We're we to, need to plan it. We're off to our nice <laughs> private camps, aren't we? At some point in our lives, yeah. in, in our busy yeah. lives. this week in witchcraft with me been really enjoying gardening and getting into green witchcraft and i've mentioned a few times that me and my little girl had made a tea garden i think i've mentioned that a couple of times on here probably we kind of planted some herbs and flowers to make different teas and we've been able to actually get out into the garden and harvest some of our herbs and make yummy delicious teas um as well as um harvesting some wild flowers that had kind of sprung up throughout the garden and so we had loads of herb robert spring up so been putting that in our teas and it's really really nice for me to be like out in the garden it's nice sort of socially but also just personally and to have a bit of tranquility throughout the day and also to like have something to work at because I can like go out in the garden and get my hands all mucky doing like digging and weeding and tilling and everything and planting new seeds and then obviously spend my day drinking cups of tea reading tarot cards and I've been focusing 
a lot on learning more about Massé tarot, which is um, a system that, well, it's kind of, it's the original tarot system. It's where all your swords are just swords, you know, there's no imagery that tells you what the card means and it's very sort of systematic somebody said i can't remember who said it now but it's like a quote from somebody that modern day tarot is dry but marseille tarot is wet and it's like it has to flow and be open and it's just a really really different style of reading um, a lot of it's based on like numerology so that's just been really really interesting for me as well as learning about the history of the figures within the tarot so specifically the one that really pulled me in this week that has just completely and utterly inspired me was the history of the high priestess within the tarot and she was actually based on a specific purpose so originally she was called the purpose and she was based on Sister Maifrida de Piravana who was around in the 1200s and she was part of a heretical, mystical, feminist Christian sect. And because they were feminists, they elected her as like their pope. And she was actually related to the Visconti family who commissioned the earliest tarot deck. So yeah, she was the sect that she was head of were known as the Guglielmites. But I just found it so, so, so fascinating to know who the high priestess in the high priestess card is. Wow. Um, yeah, it knocked, knocked my tits off. Because <laughs> it is and a pip, pip deck, isn't it? They call it a pip deck. When there's yeah, no, so... And it's just like swords, five swords, six swords. Yeah, I also had never really thought about the hierarchy of the characters in the Major Arcana, which I thought was really interesting because like, High Priestess was kind of, she's the second card. She's above the magician who's like a con man. So she's got like more status than the con man. She's got like more spiritual insight, but she's kind of lower than most other people because she's still heretical and a woman. So the empress is above her because she's got like royal status. And obviously the emperor's above the empress because he's male and, you know, kind of in charge. Uh, but then the hierophant, the reason the hierophant is above the emperor is because hierophants um, were originally, the card was called the Pope and um, the Pope was seen as Emperor of Emperor and was the highest status that you could get in Rome in that time. So I just thought it was really, really cool to kind of think about the historical side of cool. the tarot decks yeah. and the illustrations, yeah. Is that a man of the cloth is the highest <laughs> it can be. Yeah, bad, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, really, really good, curious and um, nice week for me, but again massively um dominated by parenting over half term it's just you can't avoid it can you it's all about the kids to keep them happy and to meet other kids so they have a social life i've done a lot of that this time i also had an epiphany recently because when i did that retreat a few weeks ago and ended up giving people reiki by accident and then the story goes i had a quick look into like reiki insurance it's really cheap i found a bed locally for 20 quid conscious crystal in armley I've got a cheap room for rent, so I fell into getting that. And I booked a date to do official Reiki, crystal Reiki healing, on the 14th of June, which is a Wednesday, sort of 10 till 2 because school run. If you're listening to me, come on down. It's like a taster. It's to get me into it. It's free. Or if you want to do an energy exchange, you know, bring a candle or something. (laughs) 
<laughs> just to see if we get my practice on and and be nice to meet people who listen to this podcast because you have this opportunity much more than I do because you've got your tarot on the road so a lot of it is it'd be nice to meet the bell witch podcast listeners yeah yeah that's yeah. that's something isn't it is that um I, I meet a lot of people that that come and are like I love your podcast I love your podcast and and it, and it must feel so good that. yeah it's fulfilling it's really really fulfilling it because what people always say is that it helps them connect with with their practice and also with the children if they have children or people that have felt like they're struggling um to feel like a proper witch and then yeah they're able to kind of connect with that side of themselves so it's always really really lovely it'll um, be good I mean I'm quite nervous and it's I can't believe it's taken me this long to figure it out as it always seemed to take a while to come to me but when yeah. I were doing it at the, at the retreat it was like blimey why are I doing this on the road yeah. all the time and then you mentioned the bell tent I could do Reiki in a bell tent I mean yeah. how cool is that crystal Reiki healing in a belt tent, in the garden or whatever. Yeah, that'd be amazing. Yeah. So yeah, come yeah. on down in Armley. You can message the shop or message me on the Friendly Green Witch on Instagram. Do you offer distant Reiki healings as well for people? I do. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm practicing that at the moment. I'm willing to send it out. I've been sending it to you. I don't know if you felt it. <laughs> oh I, no! To be honest, though. I may well have done, but I live in a state of just constant bliss anyway. <laughs> so oh, I, bless you. I have had a lot of stress, though, over the past few weeks because things have gone a bit tits up on my end. So it's it's one of those, isn't it, where all your stress kind of piles up. So I, I take absolutely any healing that I can get. So thank you for sending you're, me that. You're it's welcome. Yeah. <laughs> so kind of you. Should we talk about air? We should. We should talk about air. We should warn you, air is one of the more confusing elements to get to grips with. It just seems a little bit more abstract than the others. To both me and, and Swales, I think, it may be a bit of a weird episode. And <laughs> it's probably going to be Jodie dominated because definitely Swales has kind of been like, Ooh, I don't know what I'm doing with this one <laughs> for a few weeks now, haven't you? I don't know what it is about air. It's just, I guess, because you can't see it and you only really feel it when it, you know, like wind in your face or when it's interacting with other elements. And I think there's something about you can control the other elements. You know, you can make them do things for you. You can grow stuff in them. You can keep warm. You can pour water. But what can you do with air? Fly a kite? Absolutely, look. <laughs> and I have actually compared a list for everybody that would like to work with air would you like me to start with my list of things yeah. that you can do to connect Ooh. with the element of air yes. magically so i'm going to start by telling you that actually wind spell so this was taken from eileen holland's the wicker handbook um and she told told us in that book that Wind spells were important in the ancient world because ships depended on sails for power to raise wind. So people used to whistle three times in honour of the white goddess um, yeah. before setting sail. Yeah. That's um, cool. So wind spells have always been really, really important. And actually one of the wind spells that many of us have used is to make a wish on a dandelion. Um, of course, of course. Yeah. I also wish, which I kind of guess is air, on eyelashes you know like when an eyelash falls on your cheek 
and I'll often uh. I'll follow her through and I'll be like, oh, you've got a wish. And I'll pick it off her cheek and she she kind of blows it and makes her wish. Oh, it's, <laughs> it's just a really, really cute, really personal, really nice way of connecting with your kids. So, yeah, um, working in, you know, with sails, fans, windmills, kites, even balloons are all things that you can do with the element of air, as well as feathers that you can, you know, you can use feathers to honour the air, um, you know, on your altar or in your personal space. I guess you could use them as a symbol of air in spell work, um, or you can use them when you are um, to kind of whack your incense smoke around as well, kind of sweep it around. One of the ways of working with air is to work with bay and sylphs, which are the, the spirits, the elementals of the element of air as well as um my one of my personal favorite things to do is to make your own incense i mean burning incense is fine but making incense is really really just a beautiful experience and you can make incense that just smells nice if you want you can also make incense for magical purposes and when you make incense for magical purposes it doesn't always smell nice <laughs> i will say that i have a mars incense that i made and it is intense it's a powerful in incense but my god it has so much chili in it <laughs> and you know it's yeah it, it's a stinger it's a real stinger and your house smells like a curry when you're burning it it smells like food but it works it does its job magically i have other incenses that are magical and they smell really beautiful when you make an incense it's very much a case of raiding your kitchen cupboards um so that's your spice cupboard your tea bags if you have things like chamomile teas or blackcurrant teas in um, and also your garden for things like lavender fresh herbs flowers whack it in a pestle and grind it up with your pestle and mortar is the pestle the bowl or the Ooh, which that's way around question. is your pestle and mortar I, th I think the mortar is the bowl and the pestle is the crusher I think. is it well, I don't know. We'll have to look that up. I have no idea. Because <laughs> you always have them together, so you never really question. Yeah, you always have to it's a bit like Ant and Deck. You don't really question yeah. who's who. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So crush it up in your pestle and mortar, and then you can burn it over some charcoal, over a charcoal disc. And you can get really, really varying scents and for, for a lot of reasons. One of my favourite ingredients to use in incense for tarot purposes specifically is mugwort because it, it really helps sort of unlock your intuitive capabilities and your dream state and another way of connecting with the element of air is smoking <gasps> <Jordy. laughs> did that. you know that tobacco ceremonially is connected with the planet mars the actual pure tobacco people have been smoking various herbs both psychoactive and non-psychoactive for millennia i imagine i imagine people have been smoking herbs for as long as as, as early as as possible i reckon that as soon as they found fire they were like that's it we're off we're getting stoked not so good for your health though <laughs> no, but that doesn't mean that it doesn't have a place in ceremonial use. And there are a lot of things that people do that have negative benefits for the health. So if people That's want true. to smoke something herbal, whether that is legal or not, isn't any of my business. If they want to do that as part of the practice, that's up to them. And there's no judgment here. Uh, <laughs> I um, can recommend as a really, really nice smoking blend, Conscious Crystal have made their own blend of 
herbs and plants it's non-psychoactive it's just literally like things like rose petals lavenders but these are smoking blends and you can buy them from conscious crystal they have an online shop as well so they're conscious crystal uk on instagram and they are really really lovely to use for sort of magical purposes too and then we also have one of one of the most important elements of the craft and one of the earliest things that you learn on any sort of magical path or therapeutic or spiritual path is breathwork. A lot of the time people do things um, like pranayama or box breathing, which is where you literally inhale for four seconds, hold for four seconds, exhale for four seconds and hold for four seconds and you just do that over and over again and after a while it becomes quite thrilling for a lot of people and but i suppose because we do it so automatically it is something else we take for granted because as bodies just do it as we yeah. live you know breathing in breathing out but when you do take a moment with your breath it is classed as meditation even if it's just yeah having a quick five minutes every day will be so massively beneficial for your health and well-being it has astronomical benefits for your magical practice this is something that i can attest to is that actually if i had to choose between doing breath work and meditation and doing nothing else in my craft in terms of things like spells or devotion or having an altar or anything i would i would say that the breath work and meditation is so much more important especially for getting results so for getting magical results you want to master control over yourself over your physical body and over your mind so breath work being one way of doing that but also things like being able to sit motionlessly you know being able to sit and imagine that you're you're setting like cement or like jelly and just lay there without moving any part of your body for even five minutes it's a huge challenge if you can do that while controlling your breath it's incredible and once you get like used to it you can meditate while doing that and each your results absolutely mind-blowing it's um, so hard though I, I i can't sit down and do nothing i just i'm so bad at meditating i'm so bad because capitalism tells me i should be busy creating things making money having a clean house being active all the time and i work really hard to go against it really it just doesn't you can come meditate easy. while doing those things though so that's another thing is um it's it's a misconception that, that i think a lot of a lot of people have and understandably that to meditate is time out from real life um when i was young i don't know if i've mentioned this on the podcast before and I, it's not something that i talk about a lot when i was young because obviously i have hair loss i actually had trichotillomania so i pulled my hair out because i had ptsd and as a way of dealing with this my mum sent me to a place called Brahma Kamaris um, which was a meditation centre and they teach a kind of meditation called Raja Yoga interestingly it's actually the kind of meditation that Crowley was really really into Alistair Crowley was really into it it's not yoga physically it's nothing to do with your body you don't need to wear your gym clothes you literally are sat in a chair it's about controlling your mind controlling your thoughts making sure that your thoughts aren't wasteful so that you can be as productive as you can in your day-to-day life so when you do raj yoga you learn to be in a state of peace not by tapping out so i think there are meditations where you do kind of set out time and you're like i'm going to lay there for 10 minutes and i'm going to meditate with my eyes shut and my headphones on and that is something that you couldn't you couldn't like just do that at work without anybody noticing where with raj yoga 
the idea is is that if you work say in nursing and your patience is kicking off at you and your head's gonna go with them or you're gonna act unprofessionally then you can drop yourself into this state of remembering that you're a being of peace yeah having having control over your mind not thinking wasteful thoughts as well so having control over your mind when you're when you're on your own is really really good if you've got like trauma or if you kind of cycle over negative thought patterns or fear-based blockages all these different things that we I think really really identify with that, that absolutely plague our minds you learn to just switch it off it's um, like hot thoughts isn't it it's like cbt hot thought stuff Perhaps I don't. I don't. I mean, I did CBT um numerous times, and it, it always re-traumatized me. So no, really. she can't do this. Yeah, she can't yeah. do this. Um, Sounds like it'd be good for parenting when you're getting pissed off with your kid, not doing absolutely. what you tell them. <laughs> absolutely, they have, which is an amazing resource for kids. Um, if you look up Brahma Kamari's one minute meditations, because I, I don't know what the exact website would be. It's like justaminute.com or something really, really cliche like that. But Brahma Kamari's actually have one minute meditations, which are aimed at people of all ages, which I think is really, really lovely. Um, and I did them with Eartha from when she was about maybe 18 months old. Um, there was one where it was like just a minute of blowing bubbles of pee which I think Aww. would be really really lovely as an air yeah. exercise for some of you because they're just imagining that they're blowing bubbles and the bubbles filling with peace and sending peace out among the world and it's, it's like, it just takes a minute literally one minute I like that yeah because we do bubbles all the time I mean how great are bubbles when you go anywhere I take bubbles with me because when they yeah. get angry and cross I just blow bubbles <laughs> Oh. and that helps them just chill <laughs> so I might be doing it already so obviously we've started with loads of activities for you guys to begin to work with the element of air but what is the element of air and why is it so tricky for people to get their heads around the element of air is associated with communication thoughts and inspiration things that you know that might once have traveled through the air I guess the voice would have been carried through the air and the, the communication element of it probably came through that because you kind of speak into the air don't you and then yeah so it's also associated with things like birds flight messages and in the tarot it's associated with the suit of swords which rules over the mental world interesting to to note for any of you that are interested in tarot swords are the suit that have wrapping them they do. they're really they do. dreadful yeah they i hate the really, swords really <laughs> yeah they're just like yeah. a no no nonsense suit out there they're just like yeah cut the bullshit yeah, like ruin yeah loss grief betrayal every time there's a sword it's like oh fucking hell (laughs) it's a sword but the reason that's associated with the mental world and i guess that's why it's communication is you communicate what's it's like your way of getting your thoughts out of your head and into the world isn't it but the reason that swords are associated with the mental world and that this negativity is associated with the mental world because i think people could say well if it's about air shouldn't it be about clarity and communication and being dynamic and being inspiring or thinking about your thoughts or what have you on messages or something along those lines but actually so the reason that swords are ruled by the mental world and that somehow equates to negativity is that a lot of people would say that the only place that you can suffer is in your mind and I mean we all know that getting a Chinese burn kills (laughs) yeah but your mind has I guess massive massive influence of all the pain 
that you feel um, and a lot of the time with the swords it's that you're letting your thoughts win and you know letting them get on top of you and you know all the suffering is caused by people overthinking <laughs> and overthinking being up in the head and letting that stress and anxiety build up so it is overall quite a negative suit the other card that i think is really important to talk about when we talk about the air element is the fool there are 22 major arcana cards seven of them relate to your classical planets i think nowadays people sometimes add the other three to the modern planets um i don't like that way and i don't think there are many sort of traditionalists that do to me the fool will never be uranus and anyway so you have seven that are associated with your classical planets 12 that are associated with your zodiac and then you have three which are associated with your elements why not four you may ask i may have told you this in the fire episode i don't remember but i'm going to tell you again <laughs> um <laughs> why not four because we are the representatives of earth we live on earth we are the most tangible you know we are fully incorporated beings and that's what the element of earth means and relates to so we represent the earth the card that represents air so we have earth is just us so it doesn't exist in the tarot also wasn't classed as like a classical planet so there isn't a card for earth specifically in those planetary cards you have for fire there is judgment which is very much a biblical reference like the fires of judgment um for water you have the hanged man which we did speak about we once did. i remember yeah about I was quite that. surprised by it yeah and for air we've got the fool which i think is lovely because he is a bit of an airhead and i think the idea <laughs> of like having a leap of faith like somewhere during that leap of faith is that moment where you are just free falling through the air well he's running yeah, sure to a many... cliff and he's gonna dive off a cliff crazy yeah, if he dives off what's gonna happen he's gonna go flying through the air isn't he which yeah. is yeah um i guess who knows where he might land who's to say what's what's under that cliff it might look scary to us from the outside but who's to say it's not a great whopping trampoline that bounces you into like the fool's party <laughs> i don't know it's like if you don't try yeah. you're never gonna know that's i think that's yeah. the message in it absolutely yeah take a leap of faith take a jump have a new fresh start and i think as well um the fool's the first card in the major arcana and air was i think the fool is when you look at the fool traditionally in say a Mercedes, he's got a village in the background of the card and that shows that he's quite separate from others he's sort of seen as being like separate from society because he's a bit too mad for them um and air is actually seen as being quite separate elementally and magically speaking from the other elements the elements are split into active passive which is essentially masculine and feminine active elements are fire and air your passive ones are water and earth now fire and air are seen as being light water and earth are seen as being heavy but air is also seen as being um, a huge source of life i guess in a similar way to water because air binds everything together so actually i, I was reading um the agrippa book recently um you know the three occult books of philosophy by henry cornelius agrippa 
it's one of the um one of the texts that is um really like when you look at any books on wicca or paganism they're all referencing that book um as well as a few others so they're usually always referencing agrippa eliphas livy neoplatonism or crowley and in this book agrippa says that it's uh, seen as like the glue that holds all the other elements together and we kind of know that with water like it's h2o isn't it it's like hydrogen and then oxygen in it so it's like it's and would you say that all the other elements kind of need they need air don't they to, to survive to they all create. do yeah because there's air in water yeah. you need air for fire air is fuel for fire yeah, the earth. And then for earth, well, the earth is one of the more interesting ones because think of pollination and um, seeds spreading and things like that. Oh, yeah. This yeah. is why I love magic. It is everywhere, literally. Walking to school, we go past loads of flowers and I'm always taking pictures and shoving them on my Instagram because it's just yeah. so like magical, isn't it? It's just like, look at this yeah. amazing flower, this bee and this flower. And oh, my God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's what it's all about. That's another thing as well, thinking about bees, thinking about like um the role that like insects and um birds and things that have you know, the ecosystem I guess. And I think the ecosystem it would be easy to, to lump under air or water. I think it'd be hard to lump it under fire. There's not much that survives in fire, <laughs> which Just I guess is why it's the card of judgment. <laughs> but yeah. Another way that air ties in with earth is and this is a bit of a i was thinking about deities that are associated with air you know gods gods and goddesses one of the main ones that really um really has had a boom over the past few years to the point that if anything i think sometimes it can venture into being a bit cringe <laughs> depending on on who you're talking to but is is lilith and oh, yes. lilith is um seen as both earth and air in terms of elements and the reason being that she rules over sandstorms now can you imagine being in a desert and a sandstorm whipping you in the face and blowing sand in your eyes it's absolutely hideous (laughs) i used to work in a nursery i don't know how many of our listeners work in a nursery or have maybe just been to like a sand pit but like the sand when you work in a nursery and it's like there's a big gust of wind because you're in like yorkshire and the sand's like blasting you in the eyes it is hell so actually (laughs) being in like whatever the equivalent of like a desert tsunami like a dry tsunami of sand i think it's just terrifying (laughs) yeah (laughs) the other deities that are really really worth talking about there's one who is unavoidable and that is mercury and that's because they are also seen as a planet and the planet of communication um so Mercury is, you know, the planet that's associ- associated with air. So say like um, a lot of the signs of the zodiac are related with Mercury, especially Gemini, a lot of the air signs. And Mercury is also about travelling. Like, so the, the god was about travel. So I think of those ships, those sails, those early ways of travelling the world, as well as communication. Now, this is why astrologically, when Mercury is in retrograde, people say that communication goes tits up. 
mm-hmm. it's not a good time to, to speak with anyone, to try use technology to expect anything to work. And <laughs> more and more people know about Mercury in retrograde over the past, because we used to all say, oh, it's a full moon. Oh, yeah, my kids are tantruming because it's a full moon. And now it's, yeah, my, my work's going dreadfully because Mercury's in retrograde. It used to be... Been- all the time it seems to be retrograde all the time yeah yeah it's ridiculous <laughs> it's getting beyond the joke really and like, like, what you're doing behave up there in bloody space did you see that meme that said mercury's putting a whole no cussy into this retrograde no oh my god <laughs> yeah one of the um other deities that i think is really really fascinating to work with and who i have an increasing interesting is Thoth which is probably pronounced Tahuti originally uh, what Tahuti yeah. the deck you know the Thoth deck is I actually called the Tahuti Thoth. deck it's just that oh we all say it's Egyptian isn't it that is crazy that's is... yeah so Thoth is the god of wisdom magic and writing and let me just quickly google because I was thinking about um I'm sure it's Thoth that had a little monkey on his shoulder. So he was very intellectual, but there was a god who was a god of intellect and communication. And he had a little monkey that lived on his shoulder and was just there to mock everything that he said. What, what is that on a card? It's, yeah, it's, it's related with the magician tarot card. Let me find okay. it. I bet it's Lamilo Duquette that I read that in. Sorry, I'm on the page. Thoth and Mercury are the same deity. In the right-hand corner of the magician card in the Thoth deck, you have a little creature, which is the personification of the curse that afflicts Thoth slash Mercury and all who attain the grade of Magus. Now, this is quoted directly from Lamilo Duquette's understanding the Thoth Tarot book, which is incredible, and I highly recommend it. It's one of my favourite books. And it says, this curse afflicts Thoth Mercury and all who attain the grade of Magus because falsehood and misunderstanding are inherent in all speech and writing. So it's the cosmic duty of the ape of Thoth to constantly mock the work of the Magus and distort his words, which I think is like pretty interesting isn't it like he has this little ape that that mocks and twists everything he says so it doesn't matter how intelligent he is it's just so swordsy it's like such a swords move it's just a <laughs> troll move isn't it it's like full trolling full tro- and it happens doesn't it like it happens where where you say something and someone just completely misunderstand you and there's nothing you can do about it and you can try explain yourself till you're blue in the face but it's it's difficult to rectify isn't it one of the things i thought it might be worth talking about would be you know sort of leading on from the swords really is the affirmate which is the tool that represents or one of the tools that represents the element of air and the affirmate is used for energetic cutting um it's an extension of your will and your determination so it's similar to what many of you would expect of of a wand really but yeah it's an extension of your will and your determination and you can use it to invoke elemental lords um and to send forth power to banish or cleanse energies entities or just your working area and you use an affirmate don't you i love my affirmate yeah. i, I don't, think I don't have one you need to get one well, you were saying a finger's pretty good, so I'm probably just going to stick with my finger. A finger's pretty good finger. for anything. <laughs> pretty good for anything. 
But, I mean, we all love a good finger, don't we? If you've got tool that <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. I knew you were going to say it. <laughs> if you've got another tool that does the job a bit better, then why use your finger? Especially when it can be a magnificent and majestic tool, such as anathema. Such as anathema. I'll put it on my wish list. Yeah, just get one. It's got to flashy. It's got to be right, though, has it? It's got to be right. It, it doesn't. It just has to be because it, it's you consecrating it that makes it right. And I so think it could be a butter knife. Could it be a butter knife? <laughs> no. <laughs> I think one of the mistakes that people sometimes make is getting trapped in a, a consumer trap. Which is um, me. With the craft. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not trying to call you out. I'm trying to let like everyone else know. Oh, because triggered! I'm so triggered. Our, our listeners, whatever you call it, yeah, I don't our listeners to think that that they have to have perfect tools to be an effective and an incredible witch. You can have tools that are, you know, handcrafted lovingly by blacksmith on Etsy. Technician on Etsy, yeah. yeah. Um, but they are so lovely and they look so nice and they're so they Instagrammable. And they do look nice <laughs> and they are Instagrammable, but what's more important is having a tool that, that works for your craft and that's functional. And in fact, one of the most beautiful and Instagrammable tools that I love. I oh, mean, I love, on. I could have one as like decor for my home, but I would not use one as an athame. Have you seen those resin athames? Yes, yes. They're so I've pretty. They're like resin and they're like flat and they've got like flowers in them. They're nice, but like I feel like that it's an unnatural material that you that's that's been used and yeah, it's just not very threatening. I think we spoke about this. Was it yeah, on the not intro very one? Threatening. Not, it's not going <laughs> to cut anything. So how is it going to cut energies? And you'd be better with a butter knife. Yeah, you'd be better with a butter knife. <laughs> I might just add poetry, like yeah, speaking thoughts and speaking yeah. is connected to air, isn't it? I'm going to go out on a limb here and say my poetry is connected to the air element. Well, I've said haven't I chants and poetry. Yeah. Chant, chants and poetry. Yeah, and I've wrote a poem about air just for this episode. Have you? Are you going to read yes. it now? Um, I shall read it. I'll shove it at the end like I do because it's a bit of a pan then, isn't it? It's funny that I had poetry about fire and earth and water and I didn't yeah. have one for air, so I had to create one. So it just made me go like, even in my poetry, air is avoided <laughs> yeah that's interesting is that to, i think i need to be a bit more forgiving with the element and not avoid it as much as i actually do wow so there's a lot about air i haven't really thought of um, there's also an aspect of we don't depend on air as much as we used to in terms of ships but then of course we're riding planes in the sky with the birds and we're also using clean energy sources such as wind power windmills things like that so the tides may change and we may end up needing air more than we realize the way the world's going i have the book earth air fire and water from scott cunningham just looking through air spell i can share with you as i always do there's one called go on a journey and if you need to go somewhere but you haven't the means to do so try this start with a plain sheet of paper yellow paper is ideal but it's not essential Grasp the paper in your projective hand, face east and hold the paper in that direction while saying, this is my tool of transportation. Repeat to the south, the west and the north, saying the same words. Now on a flat surface using a pencil, write the name of your destination on this piece of paper. 
use large letters and be specific. Glastonbury rather than England or France rather than Europe. Visualise yourself at your destination as you write. Draw the magical symbol for travel several times around your destination. I suppose that could be like a travel sigil you create. Press your projective hand against the sheet of paper. Strongly visualise you yourself in that place again. Next, fold the paper into a paper aeroplane. can be one of your own design or use instructions off the internet. The paper aeroplane must be able to fly. This is very important. As you fold and crease one of the two-dimensional objects into three-dimensional one, really see and feel what it will be like in your destination. Visualise yourself already being there. Then go outside or open a window, hold the completed aeroplane in your projective hand and say these words or something similar. Blowing wind, surging strong, restless one of air. Send me where I belong, O winds, take me there. Repeat this line at least nine times, continuing to visualise, feeling the power build up within you as your muscles tighten. As you say, take me there, the last time. Launch your plane into the air. It should sail freely for several feet, aim upwards rather than at the ground. And as it flies, it releases the energy that you've given it into the element of air. Retrieve the aeroplane, thread a needle with yellow thread, Push the thread through the aeroplane and hang it by this thread from the ceiling or somewhere high in the place of your home until it's time to leave. Once this occurs, take down the aeroplane, unfold the paper and take it with you. And then after you've returned, tear the paper into small pieces and properly dispose of it, recycle it if possible or burn it. This ritual can be used for all kinds of travel. It's not restricted to air travel, that's pretty cool, isn't it? To finish with, I will read you my poem about air that I wrote just for this podcast (laughs) soon as I didn't actually have one a gap in the elements in terms of poetry pretty cool though that poems are considered relative to the air elemental air I can feel the gentle hands on my hair I can hear the faint whistle by my ear and the movement of my pages trying to catch my attention in this moment a kind element but can alter at any time with the power to move the clouds like a cotton wool conveyor belt, obstructing the sun rays. I feel the change in the atmosphere, now of a darker nature than the sun-filled day. A mysterious element, we cannot see it, but we can feel it. Breathe it, think it, say it. Allow it to catch us like a falling feather. It is the swift's playground that belongs to the birds in the sky. This is the Elemental of Air. Once again, thank you for joining us on our podcast. Sorry it took a while to get to you this time, but half term prevented things happening. The next one will be the last Elemental of Earth, where me and Jodie are talking about getting a guest speaker on about natural foraging from Mother Earth and Gaia. I am Emma Swales with my witchy friend Jodie Jones, who produced and written this podcast music is by jeff hardy and it is recorded on zencaster thank you so much for listening and if you've got the time rate and reviewers and sharers and get in contact with if you want us to talk about anything cool or interesting or unusual all right witches until next time bye